0: Welcome to the Friday Detroit PODcast mini pod snacks edition direct from draft 2022 NFL draft 2022 after an incredibly exciting first round, not just for the Detroit Lions, but for a lot of other teams. Nobody could really sit still. And to help me break that all down, as always, my man, my, my sidekick, the fearless leader, Jeremy Reisman. I am at Detroit Online. I am Christopher Fett at on Twitter, your eternal adequate host. We have been streaming for four hours on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit. We'll be back here for day two, but we want this up on feeds right now for you in the Friday mornings, our recap of day one of the NFL draft for the Detroit lions, Jeremy, the night started with a twist and then it took another twist as first off I, I, should sh- should we start? I I, I don't want to start with a trade. Uh, let's recap everything at the top, and then we'll start with with two. But first We're off, getting, yeah, yeah. Sorry,
1: yeah. Jeremy's coming I mean, first lo- round. yeah. Let's Go just ahead. talk about. The, 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 yeah, I'm in the middle of a soundproof booth in inside Allen Park, where yeah, just a I don't a, a crazy night. Uh, I I I, 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 I want to call it unprecedented because the Lions finished the day with the second and the 12th pick, which is the first time since 1950 that they've had two picks in the top 12. They got two blue chip players, Chris. And I did not, I, we, we talked briefly at times about the possibility of red trading up because it was something that he said, he said, if, if there was a guy that there's conviction about, we're going to go get him. I did and, not expect up to 12 and I well, did not expect wide receiver.
0: <laughs> and spoiler alert. I did not expect you to not, to not completely hate it. Too. But we'll get to that <laughs> we'll in a get, second. Yeah. yeah, let's let's recap first. As I said, it starts with a twist and another twist. The first twist is that and we had heard grumblings about it through the week. So it's not too surprising. But in the grand scheme of things, if I start the year this draft season, Jeremy telling you that the that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Trayvon Walker number one and allow Aiden Hutchinson to go to the Detroit Lions to Brad Holmes jumping up and down, and nearly rushing the card up there himself. At <laughs> least you know digitally, not not physically, but still, uh, you'd call me crazy. But yes, the Jaguars zig jagged where they should have zigged, and they took Trayvon Walker, which might work out for them. I don't know. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a project, but it does does lead to the lions being right, right back to where we thought the question of Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson. They took Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan, Brett Whitefield, BG Whitefield joined us during the stream. He said this was his number one player on his board and I uh, he's everything. I feel like Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn and Brad Holmes wanted. Like it feels like this is the kind of pick that is across the board when everyone's on board with it, there's there's no handing this guy to Aaron Glenn and making him work in his system. Everyone wanted Aiden Hut in that war room, wanted Aiden Hutchinson, and they got Aiden Hutchinson. And for fans, they get the hometown guy, they get the Michigan man, and everything.
1: Yeah, and and listen, like we heard all through draft season that Aiden Hutchinson is such a Dan Campbell guy, and and all of that is true. Like he's a high motor guy. He's going to give it his all. He loves and eats football and whatever. But I feel like that's underscoring the talent that they're getting in Aiden Hutchinson. I feel like we're, we're focusing a little bit too much on the character, which is important, obviously. But Aiden Hutchinson is the best out of the box prospect in this year's draft class. Like he is a guy that is going to come in and immediately produce. And the one thing that Brad Holmes mentioned today, and it's something that we, you know, I, I know people like Eric Schlitt have been kind of knocking at people's doors who, who really wanted cave on run defense. He's a very good run defender, and that, that's important to them. And that's why I think maybe even Trayvon Walker may have been on their board ahead of someone like Kayvon Thibodeau if, if Trayvon would have fallen because run defense is important to this team. Now, they're, they're getting a heck of a lot of pass rush with it too, right? I mean, they broke the Michigan sack record last year, um, one of PFF's highest pass rushing grades in, in the past few years. The dude is an absolute beast. Um, and and one of the more interesting things that, that, that Aaron Glenn said is, the, the the biggest concern with Aiden Hudson, what is it? T Rex arms. It's a T-Rex arms. And mm-hmm. and uh basically Aaron Glenn said, I don't care. It's overrated. Doesn't matter. This guy wins with mm-hmm. violence. And and when you play with violence, your arm length doesn't matter because you have got violence. violence on your side. You've got aggression. Right. And and so um, yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with the pick. I, I was slightly more in Kayvon Thibodeau's camp, but but as Brad Holmes said, like those were all very highly graded players together. Uh, it was probably just kind of picking your poison there. I don't think this necessarily says that they were they were upset with Kayvon Thibodeau in terms of his character. That's another narrative that I'm not sure I'm buying out of this. I, I don't think it wasn't that he wasn't a culture fit. I think maybe they were concerned that he wasn't um, quite as good out of the box, especially when it came to run defense. So this pick makes, makes a ton of sense. Um, I would have been happy either way. And so I'm I'm feeling pretty good about Aiden Hutchinson here.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm a, I was on the Kavon camp just because like I I value pass rush more than run than stopping the run just because of uh, just where the NFL is, but obviously both are important. And um, I think what won me over on Hutchinson is you mentioned Aaron Glenn earlier. I saw Aaron Glenn, you know, said this here, he's, he can go on the edge. All right. But he's so big so he can go inside on third down and play the three technique. Yeah. And one thing I prioritize when we're talking about defensive players into modern days, NFL defense is versatility. You need to be able to line up almost anywhere, do almost anything. There's no such thing as just getting a Swiss army knife, especially if you're the number two pick, your guy needs to be ready to do about everything. Now I think Kayvon is probably the more polished passer, just, um, straight for like pass rush. But again, Aiden Hutchinson does everything extremely well. And the difference there is, is very close with Thibodeau. Thibodeau himself fell, uh, where did he end up get drafted? Actually, the
1: Giants. I think the Giants, five?
0: yeah, the Giants at five drafted Kavon um
1: So not that far of a fall for him. Someone predicting that... him to fall out of the ten?
0: No, I wouldn't have seen that at all. Kyle, uh, Kyle Hamilton fell out of the ten, which
1: is l on uh, l on my part. l but, on my but part. Wanna, but yeah, no. I want to go back on, to the Hutchins. Yeah, go on. Yeah, the the three tech thing. I think that's important to note too, because that was one of the things that I think put Trayvon Walker above. Other people is, is he was a good inside defender. And, and one of the things that maybe attracted him to Lions, because the Lions also need some interior pass rush like crazy. And so now they can have that potentially in Aiden Hutchinson, too. So you know, you, you play Aiden Hutchinson on the outside on first and second down, you get some pass rush, you get some run defense. And then if you get into some obvious passing situations on third down, you slide him inside, you got Romeo Cuar on the outside. You got Charles Harris on the other side. Suddenly you got three really good pass rushers all on the field at the same time. And you could turn around this pass rush, which again, ranked 30th, 29th, 31st, depending on what metric you use last year. Suddenly we're talking about potentially, you know, a top half of the league pass rush with all these weapons uh, and, and, I mean that alone should be really exciting for Lions. Fans. And that's and that's something I've been told by several scouts too. Is
0: like you look at modern um, NFL defenses, pass rush pressure comes from up the middle these days. You know, it's it's your your leadership and your and your just <laughs> yeah. pressure pressure is going to come from a wedge. So that's just really important to have a guy who can go inside and play that three tack. So I think it's, I think it's almost just it's perfect. Like the the pick worked out perfectly for the Detroit Lions. The the uh, positional value, everything worked out very well, and I think that's that was the uh, main storyline right up until all hell broke loose. Jeremy, it's funny that on a night where the Detroit Lions get to draft Aiden Hutchinson, a hometown guy with all of the upside, with our, arguably the one of the best, the best edge rusher in there. About again, it's Jaguars banking on higher upside on Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson though, complete package. But I feel like the narrative is overtaken by what the Lions did next, Jeremy, in in which the Detroit Lions went and saw, like, first off, we have to set the board because number eight, my guy, Drake London, jumps off the board as the first wide receiver, wide receiver one, USC fight on, baby. And then very, (laughs) let me have this. Let me have this. You, you You let Ryan have all of his Malik Willis stuff. Let me have this. Let me have this. He goes to the Falcons picks 10 and 11 are Wilson and Olave. The lions jump up at pick 12, cut a deal with the Minnesota Vikings and take out of wide out of Alabama wide receiver, Jamison Williams. Now Jamison Williams missed a lot of time. He had torn his ACL. Uh, He probably won't be ready to start the year. Although he says he wants to be ready by camp, which would be insane. But also yeah. not unprecedented. After what we just saw with, I mean, I know it's an Achilles, but Cam Akers, right? Sure. Like that's the first thing that that jumps to mind. Sports science is crazy off the board. We'll talk about Williams in a second and his actual and his actual skills because I don't, I, I think, I it's understated, completely understated. The immediate reaction to Jamison Williams is about the trade itself. Now the Lions gave up picks thirty-two. 34 and 66 and they got back 12 and 46. So they technically moved up 20 spots in the third round. I mean, in the second round as well, excuse me. So they moved up 20 spots on day two and they give up 32 and 34 and go to 12. Now, Jeremy, you are Mr. Trade down. I am. You, you are You, you've turned trade down into a religion and you have, <laughs> you said one of your great worries was, trading up so i yeah. want your reaction to this uh before i give any take i have right now your reaction on the value the the, the the lions traded up and the value to you was blank
1: well the value of the trade itself was actually quite good if, if you're talking about the analytic sides of it right you you want to use just a rich hill trade chart the Lions basically got an extra in terms of the value that they the, the imbalance of the trade the Lions got an extra value worth essentially like a low third round pick. You look at the old uh, the Jimmy Johnson trade chart, the lines blew the Vikings deal out of the water. I know that's an old one. People don't really care about it. Um, a, a lot of people look at that trade and be like, what are the Vikings doing? A lot of people w- thought in order to move up from 32 to, to 12, the lines would have to not only send 44 and 66 and that was it, but getting that 46 back in return is good value. Now, this is still a trade up and in general i find it to be quite risky to do that especially for one specific prospect the lions essentially lost a a either low first or a high second in this trade because of it and that's you know th- still in the rebuilding phase that's one potential building block of this franchise that they lost but i also want to rewind to a comment i made on this podcast i don't know a few months ago and the comment was something like this. The Lions have really good depth right now. They have a lot of players that can, fill a roster that are tenacious enough to can fill in for starters. The one thing that they've been missing, that they are missing and have been missing is blue chip players, is stars, is superstars. Well, the Lions might have two, one on each side of the ball now, because Jaminson Williams is a stud He was a top five pick before his ACL injury in in the national championship game. And the lions have time to let him heal. They've got, they've got DJ Chark, They've got Josh Reynolds. They've got Amon Ra. They're fine at wide receiver presuming they don't get hit more by the injury bug and they don't need to rush him along because get that dude fully healthy. And you might have the best offensive player in this draft period. That to me worth it. There, There are rare occasions in which I believe a trade up is worth it, especially a trade up 20 spots in the first round, which usually costs you quite a bit of trade capital worth it. If you get a star wide receiver, I mean, we saw how crazy today went with wide receivers? Everyone wants a star wide receiver and the lions may have gotten the best one in the draft. Six wide I'm receiver, not gonna it.
0: Yeah. Six wide receivers went in the top 18 of this draft. So one third of the first 18 picks were wide receivers. In addition to that, two teams traded wide receivers. Hollywood Brown and AJ Brown were both packaged as deals for first round picks. So technically eight receivers flipping like flipping hands during the first round of this draft, it shows you the premium of what's going on at the wide receiver position and hindsight being what it is. I feel like it justifies the pick even more because at the end of the day, and if you want to throw some shot and in here, by the time it gets to uh, the Packers, there's no value left at the wide receiver in the first round. Yeah. Like Jahan, Jahan Dotson, who we thought was an end of first round guy, went 16th. So the the position was clearly in massive need. You jumped some of the more desperate moves out there, like Washington taking Jahan Dotson at 16, and you got a guy who Jeremy, you mentioned it. The the, the guys on the Detroit Lions staff right now are all guys who like, okay, you've got Amon Ross St. Brown. He's going to be around for a while. He's a diamond in the rough. You got shark on a short-term deal. Josh Reynolds, Quintez Cephas. Those are, those are decent depth guys, but you, you have the flexibility that if shark doesn't, you know, work out, now you've got the blue chip guy like shark right. shark basically becomes a placeholder for Williams depending. And, you know, maybe shark blows you away and guess what? Then now you've got three great wide receivers to top to top your depth chart. Like it's, it's, it was a, in my mind, it was a great move. Not I'm not going to say fantastic, but it was a great move. I think some fans will voice concern because now again, the gift of hindsight, they saw the, the Minnesota Vikings were able to take Lewis scene at 32 safety out of Georgia, who I know we had targeted a lot at 32 lions missing out on a day one safety as Daxton Hill, Kyle Hamilton, Lewis scene all go day one, but I'm not going to sleep. I'm, I'm not going to stay up losing sleep over this at all. Like the, the, the talent of Williams trumps everything in my mind right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the, if I, if I can maybe bring, bring people down a little bit, give us a little hot and cold. I think it's interesting to look at teams like the Packers and the chiefs, because those are two teams that I think we all looked at and be like, those are teams that absolutely need wide receivers after trading away their elite guys this off season. Mm-hmm. Both of those teams stood pat and just kind of said, "You know what? We're just going to let the board fall to us." Even and the weirder, wide receivers.
0: Because, even weird is because the Packers traded up again. They traded yeah. up and
1: they and they, but they still didn't take a wide receiver. Right, but they yeah they they hung around where where their picks generally were at twenty two and twenty eight got two defensive players. They, they preached a little more patience in their draft rooms, and they got pretty good defensive talent, Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis for, for the Chiefs, and, and two good Georgia players in Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt for, for the Packers. And so I think there's something to that strategy, and, and maybe the Lions miss out on a defensive talent that, that they're going to regret at 32. But again, this team needed, needed blue-chip players. And, and, and they got him. Maybe they didn't need him this year. Maybe they could have waited a, a couple of years to, to really get those final pieces of the puzzle. But listen, Brad Holmes, he said it. If he has conviction on a guy, he's going to take him. And, and, and if we can start talking about Jameson Williams a little bit as, as a player, like the, the one thing he does that the Lions don't have is big plays. There was that stat where he had like eight or nine plays of 50 plus yards last year. The Lions had five plays of 40 plus yards all season between all of their players. He's a big play, ridiculous player. And, and the speed, the speed is something that they just completely lack. Some people were thinking this what guy was going to run in the four twos at the, at the combine, had he not torn his ACL in that championship game. Um, it's he's, he's, and he's tall. That the one thing that he lacks in physicality is physicality, just, just by nature of his size though, because Brad Holmes and, and uh which is and funny. Johnson, we all thought
0: they we were going to talk about like a big wide receiver to take and they kind of
1: went the right. opposite route. Well, I mean, he's tall and, and I think mm-hmm. he, he's he's definitely still one of the outside guys that, that that will do some of those jump ball things. He's just not as physical. But again, that's not that's that's more of a body type thing, not not a mentality because Ben Johnson and Brad Holmes both mentioned like this isn't a, a guy who is aggressive. He plays special teams. He, he plays with a fire. He's he's got that grit mentality that they're looking for in all of their players. So um, he, he's a, a, a psychological fit. He's a culture fit. Um, he brings something that the Lions don't have, which is crazy speed. And as long as he comes back from the ACL and, and like, I know we just, we, we think modern medicine, we're just going to go poof and it's gone. Well, that's, that's not necessarily. It's how it still works. a risk. Like, no, no, no. It's, it's, absolutely it's still a, still a risk, risk. And you're always a risk of re-injuring or, re- you know, injuring the other one. And because he's that small body type, I think there's maybe a, a concern that, that he could be injury prone. he hasn't shown it yet, but all of that is, is something you can't just, like, wash away and, and ignore. But it's hard to also not ignore the amazing season that he had at Alabama. And it's also only one season. I'll, I'll give you that, but it's Alabama. But also against, playing good competition, uh, yeah,
0: great defenses, right?
1: And, and like and you just I, can't, you can't ignore the, the physical traits, the, the, the four and, and, and the length. So um, I think he's going to be a really good player. And I didn't even consider him being an option for the Lions tonight. Record-breaking high school hurdler. It was
0: like part of what got him into Alabama there. Uh, FBS best 11 touchdowns of 30 plus yards. Returning two kickoffs. You mentioned the special teams. Returned two kickoffs for touchdowns last year. And by the way, just you you mentioned the speed. Not only is he a big play guy, but even with the shorter routes they're happening and what you're probably going to get from someone like, say, Jared Goff, the the Jamison Williams is a yak machine. Yeah, Like think golden Tate types of yards after completion. That's the kind of big play he's, he, he's, he's going to have,
1: like he's that's, just gonna that's the upside. He's just going to outrun dudes. Like he's yeah. like those times when you, I I, I hate to compare him to Calvin Johnson because he's a completely different player and, and, and it's not fair to, to either player, but like when Calvin Johnson would take those slants and then split the two safeties and take it for 70 yards, that's the kind of play you could get from Jameson Williams now. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's just all around just everything that makes that probably excels. Like, again, he's not the big kind of like super big wide receiver. He's tall, but he's not big like like some of the other wide receivers coming out. But he's absolutely got speed on his size. And it makes him like it, it gives some diversity to the wide receivers, too, because you've got guys like Amon Ra, St. Brown, who are your jump ball type of wide receivers. Yeah, the guy, the guys who can play in the slot and bang around and, and just kind of get past some guys, but you've got Williams to go on those, on those out routes and just, just really destroy. Just fly, just just fly, fly. man. Yeah.
1: Um. So, before we close out, do you, do you want to look ahead and, and maybe talk about what the lines could do here? At 46, 46 and 97. I think it's, I think it's fascinating. So we saw three safeties
0: fly off the board. We did see yeah. Daxton Hill. And Lewis seen at the end of the round, obviously Kyle Hamilton uh, going 14th to the Baltimore Ravens. Who had a phenomenal draft, if you ask me, um, but so safety, the top safeties are off the board. Only one linebacker though, Devin Lloyd. So I don't know if Chad Muma makes no, N'Kobe, N'Kobe Dean. Nicobe Dean, off. excuse me. I forgot about N'Kobe Dean. Uh, Chad Muma though is probably the day two player we looked at for the linebacker and position Quaywalk. and Quaywalk. walk. Wait, I thought Quaywalk, <laughs> Quaywalk. was sick. He
1: was, so yeah. No, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. Saying, so so there, you,
0: there's three linebackers that were. So you're there. saying I'm adequate. You're saying I'm <laughs> adequate. <laughs> I'm just making yeah. sure we got the okay. <laughs> three linebackers, three safeties, fine. Whatever. Yep. Either way, both those positions, Jeremy, we knew were kind of deep day two positions. Though. That's right. So you've got yep. guys like like Jaquan Brisker at safety and and Chad Muma at linebacker. Now the big question is, and this is the big gamble for moving down from 34. Are they still going to be there at 46? Right. Like that's that is your big. Like we've seen a map, we saw the massive surge. Two positions went very heavy in day one, tackles, wide receivers. So I'm curious when that pendulum, and we always see this in 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 drafts, Jeremy. Once a team goes one way, they start the pendulum starts to swing back the other way. So I think the big question is when is the run on defensive talent really going to hit? And is though are those two positions safety, linebacker? And you know what? I'll throw cornerback in there too, that I think that might be on the board. Are those immune to runs on them that might deprive the lions from from the talent they might be seeking at those positions? And I, I just don't know. I I don't know when that's going to break. I think um, we've only seen one quarterback off the board in Kenny Pickett. Sorry. Maybe that, maybe, maybe Malik Willis makes it down to 46. I'll keep that candle burning for Ryan.
1: I was kind of hoping to see him tonight, but. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Brad Holmes, he was asked like, you know, you didn't draft a quarterback to, tonight and his response was draft isn't over. Now I, I don't, now he's being, he's being that. coy. He's being I, coy. I think, <laughs> he's being cheeky for sure. Um Yeah. I, I think if I'm looking at value here, I, I think linebacker values is not quite there anymore. I think, I think you missed out on the first tier, maybe even the first two tiers of guys with just those top three guys. muma's decent. Damone Clark is a guy that they could always take a risk on the guy, you know, for spinal surgery. You, you never really know, but we know Kelvin Shepard likes the dude. Troy Anderson is everyone's favorite dude because he's, he's got a 10 raz. Um, so maybe a developmental guy, but maybe, I mean, maybe the reports are true. Maybe linebacker isn't high on this team's needless. Maybe they're willing to wait. To me, safety is the most interesting because I still think it's the most depth, deep spot on the draft where if they if they wait on 46 or, or maybe Jalen Brisker or – I'm sorry, Jaquan Brisker and Jalen J. Petrie. Petrie. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm combining their names there. Oh, um, no. <laughs> uh, are, am I still here? Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, if those two are gone by 46, I still think they have some good options at 97 with with Brian Cook, Nick Cross, and, and Kirby Joseph. Kirby Joseph is a guy that they had in a t- for a top 30 visit, and I think they're all really good fits – in the line splits going split zone scheme. Obviously they'll they'll require some seasoning um, because they're far that far down in the draft. They're not as established as potential starters. But again, this is why you go out and get Deshaun. uh, Why can't I think of his last name? Um, Deshaun Elliott. Deshaun Elliott. Thank you. Um, This is why you go get him because now you can play him for a year and let one of these other guys develop. So I think they're still okay at safety. Scene hurts a little bit, but he was probably never going to fall to 46 and the lines knew that. Um, linebacker. I'm a little more wishy-washy on. I'm not really sure when they're going to address that or if they're going to address that. Can I throw you a curveball? Hit me.
0: I don't know if this is, if this would be a good, like I, I just, because I've, I've seen some of our fans in our chat, bring them up uh, Trey McBride. Would you go okay, tight yeah. in at 46? 46 seems a little early for me. Um, I, I, would well, I mean, it. now there's a huge gap between 46 and 97. So the Lions have sure. to be really judicious on what they
1: use 46 on. Yeah. Um, but man, I, I don't know, going going offense with your with two out of your with your this first defense, three picks, there, there's so and, many needs on the defense. Right. And it's really not even just two out of your first three picks because you spent an extra for, or an extra pick on Jameis and Williams. You would essentially be spending three out of your first four picks on the offense, which would be kind of shaky. Uh, but no, I, but yeah, I, no I, I think I think you get more value out of, out of safety or or maybe a linebacker. We'll see. I mean, maybe even a
0: corner. I don't know if they'll go corner, sure. but I mean, we've got, I mean, Kyrie Alam went off the board, but I know we had talked about Roger McCreary and Kyler Gordon as potential 34 picks. Maybe
1: one of them drops down to 46. It's certainly possible. Um, kind of unconventional need. Both of those guys are a little on the smaller side, so they might be more nickelbacks. Um, mm. But Col- Kobe Bryant is a guy that that I think a lot of people like. Um, maybe an option at 97, you might have to reach at 46 to get him. Um, he's more of an outside quarter six, one uh, and, and really good athletic traits too. So um, I think he, maybe he's an option, but uh, again, that would be a little bit more unconventional, but again, you're drafting for long-term needs, not short-term needs. So it wouldn't surprise. me.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of that would have to do with like, again, who's available and like just not making a re I think the important part is at 46, you not make a reach. Just go with, you go with the best player player. there, regardless of what the position is. Uh, I mean, maybe lean towards defense over offense, but either way, like don't sweat the basics as long as it's something in the back seven, I think it will I'll be happy.
1: Yeah. I mean, you really only got two more shots at starters, I would say with the rest of this draft. So yeah, you have to be judicious and and get, get a talented dude. I think that'll wrap it
0: up for night. One of the, of the uh, draft, Jeremy, thank you for coming to us from Allen park. And everyone who's been listening, guess what? We'll see you star side. Enjoy day two.